So the idea I want to talk about today is learning from other people's mistakes. I think often we experience trials or fall into issues in our life, uh, whether it be suffering, whether it be financially, whether it be relationally, that we actually have the opportunity to avoid Um, If we had just learned the lesson of seeing where other people fell short and applying that into our own life. And I want to start with a couple quotes. I'm a big fan of quotes. And the first one is from Eleanor Roosevelt. And she said, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to learn them all yourself, end quote. And then another quote from a guy named Otto von Bismarck, who was a former German statesman in the late 1800s, and he gets a lot of credit for actually bringing unity to the country of Germany. But he said, only a fool learns from his own mistakes. The wise man learns from the mistake of others, end quote. And I I love these quotes, but I think what happens is we give a lot of We put a lot of emphasis on studying other people's success and the habits and the practices and the principles that successful people live by. You know, I think there's a reason why usually the most popular podcasts or interviews are with the world's most wealthy, successful, influential people. And I do think it is extremely important to learn and study these people and put these principles into our own lives and that there's a lot of uh, fruit to be reaped from doing so. But I think what happens is that we are given the gift of the people directly in our life. And I'm talking about family and friends. And of course, you can study uh, history and look at countries and leaders and what they did wrong. But I think God actually puts specific people in our life and allows them to make mistakes for us to learn and vice versa. And like that Eleanor Roosevelt quote, you know, we can't, there's, there's endless mistakes and things that we can get wrong, but we can't live long enough to do all those and learn the lesson uh, firsthand. But I think there's so much to gain from being aware of and observing other people and seeing where, you know, they make mistakes in life, you know, no one's perfect, and that we can benefit from applying that lesson to our own life. And I don't want to confuse this with just acknowledging people's failures, right? I think the most common one referenced is Thomas Edison, how it took him thousands of different tries and tests and failed experiments to come up with the right light bulb, eventually, the one that we use today. And the reason is that if he hadn't worked through those errors and fixed them and found a solution, then we wouldn't even be talking about him today. And I think, you know, just as 
the human race, I think we are people that are designed to come up with solutions, that we are designed to come up with answers. That's why we're constantly inventing things. That's why we're constantly trying and testing new ways to do things, to do them better, to become more efficient. And I think we can attribute that to our obsession really with learning from what we did wrong to figure out what we need to do to get it right. It's really been only in the last few years that I started to shift my thinking from a place of judgment to people making mistakes to a place of appreciation. And the weird part is, is that if someone close to me made a mistake that negatively impacted me, I found that it usually helped me to learn a lesson that I probably would have never been able to figure out for myself. Um, I think it had to come through other people's mistakes or through hurts and or suffering or just treating me a certain way that made me aware of uh, a deeper issue in my life or, or a red flag or just something that I would never pay attention to if I had never been put in that situation before. One big example of this is uh, my dad has gone through some crazy physical and mental health medical conditions over the last five to six years. And I was living at home before I got married last year for a couple of years. So I was right in the thick of this and seeing this happen day in and day out. And it was a very heart-wrenching, scary situation. But I learned pretty quickly that I really felt God was giving me this gift to see some things so that I could address them now in my life rather than being 60 years old and have to deal with some stuff that I saw my dad go through that was just so painful. And these this is what my dad actually uh, regretting, but putting identity in work and money, because when those things are taken from you, you are left with nothing. And it's really hard to, from what I saw, find your value if that's where you put your identity in. Another and really important thing I saw was how if you leave unhealed trauma and pain and childhood experiences that shaped you in a in a negative way, usually based in fear, and you don't you don't deal with that in your life, it will come back to impact you. It will come back to you know you will have to deal with it at one point or another. So, you know, being 28 at this point and seeing this happen with my dad, I was like, shoot, I don't want to go through this. And it really it motivated me to start to think about unhealthy mindsets and patterns that I developed in my own life because I wanted to get them healed now. And I'm still in that process. I'm very thankful for my wife and her being so committed to that process as well. But it's just a a, a big lesson learned. And as much as I wish that my dad didn't have to suffer the way he did, he is doing much better now, thankfully. Um, 
but as much as I didn't, I wish that he didn't have to go through this. I really did feel God's grace on me to observe this and implement in my own life. I've also had the opportunity to work for a number of different bosses and work with a number of different partners over time. And I've learned some really valuable lessons there as far as how to manage people, where we're putting our focus. You know, if we're going to get something to market, then you got to get your hands dirty. You got to put something out there. You need to not let fear and getting everything perfect get in the way. I also learned lessons about being spread too thin, about if you're not focusing on one thing and you're focusing on 10 different things, it's really hard to execute each of those things uh, to a point where they're profitable and they're doing well. And so it's helped me to hone in my focus on what I want to do and what I want to see and really narrow that down to see results. I've appreciated seeing other people and their relationships and their marriages and being parents and what not to do, how not to treat someone, how um, things that can be said to a spouse or a child, how they can impact them, especially with a child, because they'll live with that, you know, their whole life. It's so important how we speak to them and treat them as children because it just becomes a part of who they are. And I'm not saying that I've implemented these lessons that I've learned perfectly by any means. I mean, being married and a father now over the last nine months, I learn every day how I need to improve and, you know, what things trigger me and why they trigger me. And so I, I think there's a ton of grace from God. He's not expecting us to get it perfectly right and get these things in order, you know, ASAP. But I do believe that there is a reward waiting for us when we apply this knowledge and this wisdom that he's given us. I was trying to think of a, an example from the Bible that fit this, and immediately what came to mind is the Israelites and God sentencing them to wander in the desert in the wilderness for 40 years before they could take over the promised land. And I reread this because I, I don't think I'd ever like really read through it in the Bible, like verse for verse. And I found it really interesting. I caught a lot of things that I never noticed before, but basically what happens is God delivers the Israelites from bondage and slavery in Egypt he brings them th- through the desert and he promises them this land flowing with milk and honey. And he sends out these spies and they go spy the land there. They come back and they give a report and they say the land is beautiful. The rich, the soil is rich. The land is flowing with milk and honey. But there are men there that are twice our size. We even saw the Nephilim there and th- we will absolutely get slaughtered if we ever go into battle. So long story short, they sow fear into the Israelites and they wish they would go back to Egypt and God uh, punishes them to wander the desert for 40 years. And he says, your entire generation will not enter the promised land. It will be your children and your children's children that take the land that I have, that I have for you. And only Joshua and Caleb, who are the two 
other spies that came back and said, they were the only two that said, no, we can defeat them. God is with us. We can take the land for he said, he promised us and he will be with us in battle. He said all the only Joshua and Caleb will enter the, the promised land along with the next generation. And so after Moses dies, 40 years later, God comes to Joshua and he says, my servant Moses has died. Get your men ready, pack up and leave. It's time to take the promised land. And Joshua immediately goes to the Israelites. He tells them what the Lord said and they're pumped and they get, they pack everything up in three days. He sends out his soldiers ahead of them. They're ready to go. And they actually quickly learn that the people, their enemies are actually afraid of them. All this time, they've actually been afraid of them because they've heard of God and what he did for them in the wilderness, delivering them from Egypt. And, you know, eventually they do take the promised land and God does some crazy things in these battles and like some really weird stuff. Like you actually have to read it. Um, But they eventually do take the promised land. And what I love about this is that remember that this generation was ready to go. And the thing was, too, that I find interesting is that they are actually given the same circumstances as the generation before them. They still had to fight the same enemy. They still had to take the land. They still had to go into war and battle, and they still had to act in faith ultimately. But And they chose to. They were excited to. They were like, we're not going to – let's get out of the wilderness. I'm tired of being here. They were desperate. And so – I believe God honored that and he showed up in crazy miraculous ways to fulfill that promise that he had given them because they implemented the lesson learned um, to trust. I think this story has a major application to us just right now and just in the world and our generation and the opportunity that we have. And I think there's so much that we can look at in history to see just to learn some lessons about mistakes that were made. And, you know, it's probably a whole other podcast or series of podcasts to go into that. But I think there's just so much wisdom to be gained by choosing to look for key takeaways and to not repeat history. And like I was saying before, I think that the people that we attract into our life, that God positions into our life, that they're there for a purpose they're there to help you. They're they're there to bring out the best of you, even if it's not the way that you think it should look. Um, I think sometimes it's like iron sharpens iron, right? And people are going to trigger you and pull things out of you, but it should show you that there's things in you that need to be dealt with. There's things in you that need to be healed. Um, So I I just want to close with this. Um, I want to exhort you all to to wisely pay attention and begin to place a value on the lessons you can learn secondhand, but still prosper from firsthand. And I think generationally, we would never want our children and our children's children to have to repeat our own mistakes or suffer in the same ways that we did when it can be avoided with wisdom. Because I believe that a major principle of the kingdom is that an inheritance should always be greater than what was received by the previous generation. And I think we have a really special, exciting role to play and the opportunity is ours. 
So I bless you guys and thank you for listening.